0: Larry Knows My guest
1: tonight Is the host of the Lockdown Knicks Podcast Go Go Gavin Shaw And the host of the Stoner Morning Show Sean the Bay. And I'm your host, Larry. 10th, 7.04 p.m. Uh, we are talking into our microphones, which is something that my guest Gavin Shaw likes to do. Uh, thank you for joining me, of course. Um, so, Gavin, uh, first of all, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me,
1: Larry. Yep. And, uh, I, would,
2: I, I really, I think you're the real broadcaster
1: here, man. That's that <laughs> a heck of an intro. I am the real um Why am I blanking on his name? Who is who is the the longtime announcer for uh, Saturday Night Live?
0: Oh, Don Pardo. Don Pardo.
1: Yeah, he I think lived in the same town I grew up in in Demarest, New Jersey, but no longer. Uh, Anyway, so so Gavin, you are not just a podcaster; you are also a broadcaster. And um, so, first, what uh, sports do you broadcast? Oh, a little bit of everything, Larry. Uh-huh. Uh, basketball,
2: certainly. Uh, I mean, t- to be clear, not not a lot recently. I just did uh, my first game in, in 14 months last week because I, I, uh, I, st- I decided to mostly stay home during the pandemic. But uh, during normal times, a uh, lot of basketball, good amount of football, uh, lacrosse, which is actually very big. I, I do a lot of work on Long Island and lacrosse is very, very big there. So quite a bit of lacrosse. Uh but going back to college, like really like every like uh women's basketball, wrestling, tennis. Um, I've done done a good amount of sports at this point.
1: Did you go to a school or a program for broadcasting?
2: I did. I went to uh Arizona State, which is yeah, a really good broadcasting program. Uh got to s- start doing like radio play by play of like ASU, like college basketball, like, like uh, the go side um, early on in college and they give you these really cool opportunities where while you're still a student, you can do games for the Pac-12 network and professional outlets. So, yeah, oh, wow. it, was a, it was a great experience.
1: experience. So did you yeah. uh, any like NBA players that you got to announce at ASU? Good question. Yeah, my senior year of
2: college was was a great run because I got to go do uh, I got to go on the road a lot and do games and I did an L.A. road trip uh, where I did, uh, earlier in the year for football, I got Patrick Mahomes and Sam Darnold because Texas tech played Arizona state. And then I went and did a game at USC. And then in during basketball season, I got to go to LA and do uh, UCLA who had Lonzo ball and TJ leaf at the time. And then the PAC 12 tournament, Oregon had Dylan Brooks, uh, Arizona had Alonzo Trier, Nick's legend, of course, one of our favorites. And, uh, yes, yeah, so I was, I was really, I was irrationally high on his game when he came to the Knicks, which obviously did not, uh, it panned out for a little bit and then it, it didn't did. pan out. Yeah. And, and they had, uh, they had Lowry Mark in it as well. So that was, it, it's, it, broadcasting is, is very weird in that um, if you go to a division one school, you're often doing far, like in terms of the quality of players and teams you're covering. You're doing far better work at an age where you're a much worse broadcaster and far less qualified to do it. And you graduate and you're like, all right, I think I finally got the hang of this. And it's like, all right, go, go do some, some crummy high school games. But, uh, yeah, you, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, but yeah, that was, uh, that was great. That was probably the most fun I've ever had calling games doing, um, doing the Pac-12 basketball stuff.
1: Yeah. So it is, as you say, it's like, you're, you're doing real games that with, uh, big time players, then you have to go to like local lacrosse. Yeah, and, it, and it's
2: a shame because you're like, Oh, that's what I want my reel to be. But it was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't really know how to do the job all uh, that well at that point. Cause you're, you're still relatively new to it. But, yeah.
1: So, um, so what, like, is, is the broadcast program, is it kind of like a journalism program or is it part yeah. of the journalism school?
2: It's part of the journalism school. Yeah, The ASU, while I was in college, there created a sports journalism specific program and you had to transfer into it to take sports journalism specific classes. But going to college, I think maybe for I think for news journalism and, and news broadcast journalism, it's it has a little bit more utility. For sports, the primary utility is that it gives you access to extracurriculars where you can learn on the fly and, and learn through real experience, it's a very hard thing to teach in a class unless you're a school like Syracuse that very, very specifically prioritizes it. If not, like I, I never received play-by-play instruction from a professor while I was in college, or if I did, it was it was outside of the confines of class. Like uh, schools like Syracuse, and there there are a few schools throughout the country which. I maybe should have gone to instead um, that that really do uh, focus on that and have um, specific classes geared around it. But for me, I never really like paying however much money for college. I never got to learn in class explicitly what I wanted to do, but the extracurriculars could not have been better. And the students I was with couldn't have been better about like teaching and like helping me learn and grow and get better. So it, it was still ultimately a really good place for that.
1: So it's like the play-by-play. You say you never had like play-by-play lessons or anything. No, no. So you just had to kind of self-teach.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe some people would hear. Maybe like I could have used them, but uh, <laughs> no, no, not explicitly. And, it, and it's this interesting thing where I think um, you you kind of learn by reaching out to people who do it professionally and saying, Hey, can you listen to ten minutes of my work and and let me know what you think and. It, it's hard to like, I, I still think I'm lacking in some fundamental areas because of that. And it's it's a hard thing to figure out on your own, but it's um it, it forces you into kind of a real world stance of being like, right, if you want to do this, you have to get comfortable reaching out to people and taking criticism and it, it makes you better, faster.
1: Yeah. So what do you, or do you do anything to practice or would you at the time?
2: Yeah, I think I almost wish I'd did this more often and I want to start getting back into the habit of it, but just doing play by play with the game on TV and muting it and, and yeah. kind of getting to rhythm and doing it. And I, I know when, when you're professional you, or semi part-time professional, you kind of think like, Oh, okay. Like I have a game this week, but it really is like anything else. It's like a professional sport where obviously the more you work at it and the more reps you get, the better you get inherently. I think the one barrier to that is like when you're doing an actual game you're pouring so much time and effort into talking to coaches and and stuff that really factors in very heavily but there's certainly something to be said for just working on it on your own and and the biggest thing anyone in broadcasting will tell you is just as much as you can never turn down an assignment and that's kind of been my mantra earlier in my career and literally i like for companies where i've flown to events and lost money doing games as a Mm -hmm. professional because they weren't willing to cover travel but because it gave me access to college basketball and stuff and things that at my current age and experience level i probably wouldn't be able to do if i wasn't willing to really get paid nothing And, and i mean that's i mean this is a whole nother conversation but that's an issue with sports journalism in general there's like a financial barrier to entry because you almost you have to be willing to say I'm going to make very little to no money for a few years. And if you aren't like lucky enough to be in a financial situation where that's, that's feasible, um, it stops certain people from doing it. But anyways, it's getting slightly off track of your question, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the answer. Well,
1: it sounds like um, show business in a lot of ways. Uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> Sean, I guess, cause you're a stand standup. Um, I mean, have you done gigs where you're either not getting paid or you lose money on the trip?
0: Yeah, that's definitely happened. I've I've traveled for shows that have been canceled that I found out they were canceled when I have arrived. That was a, a bummer. But, you know, sometimes you do really well and um, <laughs> that's uh, how it goes. And um, end of answer. Yep. <laughs> <I think laughs> and back to you. I think I covered everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, life is life is hard. Yeah, life here <laughs> hard. yeah. It's- you need you need money. You know,
1: I think I found out a lot later in life that, like, you know, you grow up as a kid, you think everybody, like, knows when they're adults, they know how things work, but then you get into adulthood and uh, whatever field it is, and most it's just, they're kind of making it up as they go along. There's no, like, route towards being a broadcaster or in show business where anybody knows, like, here are the steps you follow, and... And that's the end of my answer.
2: <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, and it, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I know for me, I mean, Sean, I'm sure you could relate to this in your field. I mean, you talk to people who make it and there's no one linear path. It's a combination of being, I mean, again, from a financial standpoint, it being feasible for you to stick with it, but also someone just having the determination to slog through years and years of crap and kind of outlast people who say, you know what, I'm going to pivot into something a little bit more secure. And then on top of that, you still need a ton of luck, or it ultimately won't work out, anyways. Beyond the requisite talent, so it's it's like a myriad of factors. And there, there's a reason the people who are successful are successful, and it doesn't always have to do with. It, it has to do to some extent, like they have to hit those prerequisites. But on top of that, it
0: just it's a lot of luck. It it sounds like we all think there should be a movie about a comedian trying to make it, but it's shot like a sports film.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's would, what,
0: that's that what the world needs. Yeah. yeah
1: <laughs> and like three quarters of the way through the movie, you're like, you're like hitting the bottle, ready to give up, and then right. like your friend is like telling you, I don't know that like you inspire them, and then yeah, you decide to yeah, give I'm just imagining the
0: up.
2: trainer like screaming at you to do bits like when you're like in the middle of the night, and you're sweating. <laughs> like, I do I, I can't, oh, I can't yeah. do another one, I can't do another one. It's like no, be funny, be funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, make me laugh. Yeah, and at the end when you're at the final performance, you're performing with a bullet in your stomach, like Robert Redford in The Natural. <laughs> yeah. You know, you baseball. have a
1: microphone that was zapped by lightning. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wow,
2: that's like Mike, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was thinking when you said um the again, that's like Miracle where he's like the coach is making the the, the players do those laps again mm-hmm. and again and again. Um Is,
0: it, yeah, is there ahead. is there a is there a sport that doesn't have a good sports film that we know of? Oh wow, that's a good question. I mean, for is sure. There a- there's, uh, and we're we're talking about well-known-ish sports. Right?
2: Sure. Is like there a there's, I mean, film. I don't know if is
0: there a volleyball sport sport movie.
2: There must be a volleyball sport movie. I like don't I know.
1: A good uh, I mean, yeah. top, uh, does Top Gun count?
0: No. <laughs> no.
1: Okay.
0: I don't think so. No.
1: I feel like I feel like you're cutting out a bit
2: it's too boring like how do you how do you i mean it would have to be like a whiplash type thing where you just have an insane insane person coaching the
1: swimmer. Mm -hmm. oh yeah which sport did you mention you cut out swimming swimming Swimming. sorry sorry yeah
0: yeah also yeah i don't i can't think of any swimming sport movies no no there's like two there's like two prefontaine sport movies
1: prefontaine
0: yeah, the, he's a track runner. There's like two movies about that. Oh
1: guy. yes, yes, yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: Sean, have you also? Because Gavin, you mentioned like just watching watching a game, and you have to just by yourself do some announcing to it, which kind of feels awkward when you're doing it by yourself. It's uh, so it's yeah. like, I, and
2: That's that's the issue is like the the motivation factor. I think it's I think it's almost worse than basketball because. Practicing basketball by yourself, to some extent, obviously doing defensive slides and lifting isn't fun, but shooting is is mm. inherently fun. You feel like the biggest loser calling like a game to know, and your yeah. parents are in the other room just being like, "Shut up!" <laughs>
1: Shut up. <laughs> Especially if you if you have to listen to the recording back, it's just painful.
2: It's not great. It's not, but that's that's how you get better. Yeah. So.
1: Do you, Sean, do you ever do that with stand up routines? Uh, practicing them? Yeah, by yourself in the in the mirror.
0: Uh, never in the mirror. Okay. Um, but I'll just sit in a chair (laughs) and give no performances performance. Like, uh, I'll just like recite the jokes. I don't Mm. like try to make them funny.
1: Right. You know what I mean? Just knowing that you kind of have the, yeah. The the wording of them. Yeah.
0: Uh, Gavin, do you, can you recall like one of the funniest off the cuff things that you've said in a game, like off the top of your head, like funny. Oh, wow. Puns or great- similes. Oh, man.
2: Oh, I think uh, this one, this is this is stupid slash bad one. I don't think it's it's genuinely funny. But okay. um, I remember my first broadcast ever. I don't know why this came into my mind. But I was doing like a, a, a radio broadcast of Arizona State basketball. And a, a three-pointer um, kind of ro- rolled around the rim and then dropped down. And I said, in and out, like the burger chain. Yeah, <laughs> not great. Uh, um, pretty
0: good. No, pretty good for first game. Uh, quip that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. It,
2: it's, it's a weird thing, these are, on radio, you're supposed to be hyper descriptive, and my instinct is to be very quippy. And I'm like, oh, you can't really do that, you kind of just have to say exactly what happened. If not, no, sure,
1: yeah. sure. You don't have the room for quips, but on no. TV, did, if you're not talking, I did well. have
2: someone. Oh, sorry, Larry. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just saying, I guess on TV, if you're not filling up every second with air you have room for those quips
2: oh definitely and this wasn't something i said but i did have someone in a college basketball game dunk on their own basket which was incredible and it, it led to this great moment where it wasn't it wasn't anything i did but um it ended up like leading off sports center the next day and my one of my best friends was in um, Arizona actually, and he was like sitting with his girlfriend's family, and he's like, "Wait, I think that's Gavin," and he just like <laughs> had to rewind it like three, four times, and it just it popped. So I think that it, it's interesting. Like, you, you realize when you make a notable call, it really has nothing to do with you, and that's that's kind of the funniest <laughs> part about doing it. It's like. Your your recognition isn't its rarely contingent on your own ability. Occasionally, you get someone like Kevin Harlan who does the calls, like you know when like the naked guy runs on the field and gets tased. Though that's kind of the purely like the broadcaster getting appreciated for the broadcaster. But usually, your your success is contingent on other people doing amazing things, which makes it a, yeah. a, a weird job in a, in a way.
1: Do you remember how you called that self dunk?
2: It wasn't anything exciting. It was, just, uh- but I did. I think. I think the secret to it that I and Eagle, uh, the Nets broadcaster and TNT broadcaster does exceptionally well is just expressing insane amounts of enthusiasm at absurd moments, like when when the ball gets lodged, he's like, Oh, a wedgie. And this is just <laughs> like Yellowmo, dunks on his own basket. Like you just gotta get like really hyped for the absurdist parts of games, I think. And yeah. I, I at least that's what I really appreciate in broadcasters.
1: Cool. Um sh- Sean, I'm ready to get excited. Yeah. If if you are, I uh, I know you sometimes do. A little yeah, thing I'll get called stoked. underdog sports. Oh,
0: yeah. I'll turn it on. right underdog sports what do you got for us this week oh I was supposed to bring something (laughs) (laughs) yeah I thought we were gonna watch clips and then talk about um okay well we could do that that isn't that what you said I I did I was
1: like but I was gonna say clips of whatever you brought
0: oh but I didn't it's okay I didn't want I didn't watch any new sports no (laughs) I messed up okay um, you know, what? we could go back to some, a uh, best of, but um, we can, yeah, we can tell Gavin about some of these underdog oh, sports yeah, yeah. yeah, because it's a, it's a segment where we talk about sports that people really don't know about. Hmm. Um, have you ever watched a high match?
1: No, I have no idea what that is.
0: Oh, it's endlessly oh. fascinating.
1: Yeah. So highlight is, it's, a it's like lacrosse. Sport. Yeah. It's a racket sport with like a mini lacrosse scoop as your racket. Oh. And it, uh, it's played on like a racquetball kind of hmm. room, I guess. And it's sure. very popular in Southern Florida. Uh, yeah. I think it came from I, Cuba.
0: And I think in Connecticut too. <laughs> I think there is a highlight thing, uh, thing in Connecticut, oh, which wow. I would love to go see. Um, and the the point of the sport is to gamble on it. It's like horse racing, but people. You're betting on people instead of horses. Oh,
1: interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you ever saw the Jackass movie, but um,
0: I'm familiar. it wasn't it Highlight does make an appearance in the first movie, I think. I think <laughs> right in the Let's first get out two through movie.
2: Yeah. Uh, let me see. Is it, can... is it like tennis where you're just chucking the ball
0: back and forth and trying to get it past someone or how does it how does it work? It's everybody is sort of like facing this it's one on one and you're facing the this- same direction. It's like racquetball. You you high the ball up against the wall, and it comes back, and the other person catches it. And then, if oh, so it's just
2: handball with lacrosse sticks, basically.
0: Yeah, but God. people have been killed in, in this sport oh, sure. it's the okay. sport. Oh, a, a
2: little more exciting. Than
0: yeah, the fastest yeah. ball or something like that, which Ooh. people have died in multiple sports. Like if that's, it's not really a good claim of fame not you know a great what? metric no. no yeah
1: and that's why it was in jackass because it was johnny knoxville getting hit with a high highlight ball
0: yeah uh how hard
2: is the ball are we talking like a baseball in terms of hardness or like uh,
0: it looks it pretty ball? hard yeah okay. i think like, yeah like a lacrosse
1: ball here we go
0: oh yeah here oh, we yeah. go oh they're doing two on two i didn't even know oh that's right you can do two on two yeah
2: they're pretty helmeted up there but i guess if it hits someone the eye here
0: yeah oh sure yeah Oh, he just tried to run nice.
2: up the wall I like. I didn't like... know you could use the wall like that. That's pretty cool. So how do you how do you actually score a point if you get it past the other team?
0: Yeah. It's way back out. Okay. Roll, plays the ball to the inside. Now All the right. douche with a strong. You no, know,
2: really. If I were to to maximize my career, I would two, try to become the Mike Breen of highlight.
0: Well, <laughs> that
2: yeah. would really be the way to go, right? Instead of being like a small fish in a big pond, I could be I could be the highlight. The big fish.
0: Albert without the biting yeah, or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. It wow, seems look, like look, Larry, he's... Uh, on free. YouTube here, there's a This Is Highlight Documentary, 1988, and it's only 15 minutes long, not even. A whole documentary about a sport, 15 minutes.
1: Wow. That's, yeah, that's kind of... <laughs> if we wanted to make a, uh, a sports movie about Highlight, I think it would, we could make it longer than 15 minutes. Oh, I
0: think definitely. Yeah.
1: Oh, number 65 with a scoop shot, (laughs) (laughs) 33, 67 saves it, and a bounce back to the wall, 33 with the killer side shot. That's that's you're it, right? That's, there, yeah, you're, you're good.
2: I really think you have a future in this, man. We should we should switch roles, probably. <laughs> yeah, you host could you host this show you if you could be would. the podcaster. And in like ten years, I'll have you back on and interview you, and you'd be like, "Remember when we switched jobs?" And you're like, <laughs>
1: yeah, that was it's like, oh, my life has been so great since then. How has your life been? Yeah, you're and you're like, just like
2: great. not great, not great. I'm still talking <laughs> about
1: highlight. I haven't found a better
0: sport. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, have you ever? Um, called a game because i was thinking about jumping in there but i just got stuck watching have you ever yeah. called a game and then just real zoned out and forgot that you were working and just thought you oh, were watching
2: wow. that? that's, that's yeah. a good question and not not something i want to admit <laughs> um, yeah yeah i i came back uh, the the closest example of that that's to that hard is hard when hard i was hard. in college i i traveled to houston to do as an Arizona State tech to m game and I came I went to the bathroom and I thought halftime was longer than it was and I came back late and I just walked in and the other guy was like already calling the action just looking, and he's like come on come back come back and I was just oh, like yeah. just kind of jumped in mid play yeah um but yeah I think that's I think that's the close I think you even even when a game's boring you just it's something that becomes like very almost like muscle memory and you're just kind of reflexively calling the action oh, yeah. um I definitely think this is it's a learned quality to be just as invested in in bad games as you are in good games because obviously if you're not invested in a bad, bad game no one no one else is going to be
0: well and also, it really
2: helps i'll say one of the big struggles yeah go
0: ahead oh well i was gonna say for for a bad game oh yeah you, n- you, you never mean. know when it's gonna turn around and get in, insane or, right you know,
2: and that's that's a great point because that's always at least for me what i'm telling myself internally like this could you have to keep convincing this could be the greatest comeback of all time Sure. and i will say it's it's much easier when you're doing the game with someone else and that person is like has like a personality and you kind of you can almost just turn into a podcast which uh some people don't like because they're like i'll just call the action but it's one of those things when it's like a 30 40 point game you don't want to be too religious about getting into every play
0: yeah yeah How about this off the top of your head? What's like the weirdest sort of non sequitur that your partner has dropped, like while the mic was on air or something like that? Like, just sort of like,
1: my my
0: uh, my my grandmother fell and broke her hip yesterday, or you know something like.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm certainly. Wow, that's. I wish I had one for you off the top of my head. I'm, I'm. I'm trying to think.
0: I think that that's a big issue when you get... My questions are so hard, Larry. I know.
2: I think sometimes you get people who aren't very experienced who will do stuff like that and will just say things completely unrelated. Um, I know a big uh, a big bugaboo is like, is is one of the things about like play-by-plays you have to have like very defined roles with the play-by-play person and the color person and sometimes Mm -hmm. the the analysts will like just start like calling the action out of nowhere and you're just like all right man i guess i guess i guess you got it um or or like start asking you questions it's this very it's this weird thing where i think a lot of people who do play-by-play are a little bit too like like precious about it and they're like hey Mm. like i'm like Like I'm the big guy and like they talk in the like I maybe maybe this is the wrong way to go about it, but I definitely had friends in college who would do it and they would just talk in a super deep voice all the time. Uh, I never, like, change my voice a little bit when I'm doing a game. It just seems like so like when someone's like, hello, I am Gavin Shaw and welcome yes. to this podcast. Uh, so, I'm not answering your question exactly, but I think that's that's one of my big complaints when, when people like never know to turn it off. Like, I feel like Jim Nance is like I feel like Jim Nance is always Jim Nance.
0: Yeah. And mm-hmm.
2: Maybe that's just genuinely who he is. But my instinct is that he's like putting on a performance. But I think it makes you a better broadcaster because you there, you have to like I don't know have kind of like a shit-eating grin at all moments of your life and be like wow no no better place to be than uh, Alito High School in, in the middle of nowhere New York what a, uh, yeah. what, a, what a special special time and place for the greatest game any of us are ever going to see and yeah. that has to so you have to sort of adapt that as your full-time personality which. As someone who's, who's very self-deprecating, I, I
1: kind of... <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah, it's like method acting, I guess.
2: Yeah, a little so. bit, for sure.
1: Uh, so this is the, what we're watching right now is Korf Ball. Oh, yeah. Corf ball. Um, oh
2: yeah. The, wow, the Belgium versus in twenty fifteen. That was that was actually I didn't I'm surprised you knew this Larry. This is one of my all time favorite games in any school.
1: Oh you know this this Belgium versus China. Yeah, yeah, you know,
2: like Friday night with the boys in college just just drinking beers and just saying, you know what, this is this is the apex of Korf. I believe I can't remember his exact name, but I believe the LeBron of Korfing was, was in this game.
1: Oh yeah. The the LeBron Probably. of Corfing is Von
0: Still conk.
2: right? Look at, yeah. Look at
0: how like small the audience is. Like, it looks like a junior high game, like an important junior high game, right? At a, at a school that has money for some nice facilities, but it's still,
1: yeah, it's This is the World Championships, yeah,
0: yeah. I know. Step it up
1: a little bit. So, korfball, uh, invented in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. is sort of like basketball, as you can see, but there's no backboard basically yeah. it's just a hoop, and i think the hoop is 11 feet so i don't know uh sean do you remember if you're allowed to dunk at all
0: i don't think you can dunk it's just I, or I don't think i don't think i don't think any core ball player is capable of dunking <laughs> of jumping 11 feet yeah
1: yeah uh yeah so should we try announcing
0: this <laughs> man <laughs> now to uh yeah uh well, this person's in the yellow zone, and they shot. She shot it, and victory. Yeah, it's it's
1: good. it's very noticeable <laughs> that uh, Williams is is very has the highest percentage in the yellow zone of any player in history.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, did you guys see that was kind of a Dirk fadeaway? They did the one leg spin, put the knee up.
1: Wait, let me rewind. Yeah, that was that was. Oh yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. She didn't hit it, but... No, but it was just a, the attempt was impressive. Yeah. yeah. Her guess, I, that was a fadeaway
2: three! It, it seems like you can't shoot inside the yellow, is that correct? Like you keep it out. Or at least, is there a limit to how close you can shoot, or am I, am I wrong about that?
0: Is this your um, demonstration of calling a game?
2: No, oh, yeah. it, would not be a, it would not be a good one. Uh, and that's actually my, my style is I just I ask like, very basic questions about the nature of the game. Yeah.
0: What's traveling? <laughs> like, oh, is
2: you like that's that's how you really get your analysts involved early. You say, All right, so in this basketball game, are you are you trying to outscore the other team? Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> and they're like, All right. how many
1: points I, is that shot worth?
2: Mike Breen has a, has as an anecdote, the first time he did the NBA finals. He talked about um, someone, some executive came up to him before the game and said, hey, man, this is this is the final. So don't don't call it how you normally call it. We have a lot of international audience. So really make an effort to just explain the rules to people. And he and he was like going into he's like, well, the game, the game starts with the jump ball. And then like it got to like a break. He's like, what? What the fuck am I doing?
1: I mean, <laughs> and then, yeah, 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 yeah. But- <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so we, I, I guess we have no idea if you could shoot oh. in the yellow like that. We would need Mike Breen to kind of explain, I oh, think, he's got
0: the ball in the yellow. I think you're allowed to have it in the yellow. You have to pass it out. I think maybe if you can jump, you, if you, I think you can shoot it in the air and land in the yellow or something like that. You I don't that, know.
1: Last, that last shot was in and out, like in and out burgers. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Except it landed. Into the corf. Ah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Corf, Corf, baby. You know, I think I said this last time I was on, Larry. I I tried to um, become a member of the USA Corf Ball Facebook group. There's only 180 members, and they've yet to accept me into the fold.
1: That is, that's crazy. I mean, 180 members, they should not be selective. They're they're notoriously elitist. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I, I kind of, there's a part of me that wants to make myself an unofficial spokesperson of Corfball USA and just really like let's let's get this let's get the country on board with this sport. I think it's a mixed be... gender sport. I don't know if you saw that, Gavin, but there's men and women playing at the same time. Yeah
2: I did, I did notice. Oh, fistball. Amazing. Fistball. fistball.
0: Yeah. Seemingly more exciting than volleyball, but in my um Opinion not as exciting as volleyball. Hmm.
2: I think volleyball is an underrated sport. Volleyball, oh, yeah. yeah. Athleticism is just is, is pretty stunning. Volleyball. Of course. Oh,
0: oh yeah. yeah. So
1: if what would you name a volleyball movie?
0: Hmm. Uh- um, Side Out. <laughs> uh, Side Out's or- good.
1: <laughs> Bumping to the top. Game point? I notice? was
2: about to say, yes, spikes of glory or something. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Serve this.
0: <laughs> get ready to get served. Well, hey, Gavin, while we're watching some um, clips of yeah. underdog sports, do you know of any underdog sports that I should review for the next time that I am Ooh. on here? Because I'm down a sport. Any, at, any look, right. sports from around the world that you know about? Look
1: at all the, just first of all, look at all these suggestions right. from the YouTube search bar. Holy uh, shit! On. Let's look at throat, uh, throw ball. <laughs> that sounds like a video game. Uh, oh, that's not, that's not a sport name. Too many, it's too many results of like how to throw a ball. Wait, Need I actually,
2: it. I actually have, a, I really do have a sport for you guys. I have Ooh. no idea. What is it? It's on YouTube, but I went to a uh, sports broadcasting camp growing up, which is as weird as it sounds. That's actually
1: <laughs> How old when were I you? To, what do you say, Larry? How old were you?
2: I was. Um, I went from like fourteen to eighteen. I want to say. Okay. That was the only camp in the world where I was where I could be cool. So it was, <laughs> it was a real service for my parents. But at the camp, if you if you did the sleepaway portion of the camp, and they were like at various colleges throughout the country. You played a game called Rugburn Ball that Rumpurn. was created by a counselor there. So that's why I'm, I'm fairly sure you guys don't know it. I have no idea if it's on YouTube or not. Right. But the premise is it's, I believe it's, I think it's usually four <laughs> on four, maybe five on five. Oh yeah, there's some clips. And basically <laughs> you, you're you on your knees the entire time trying to, and there are two goals set up on other, either side of either room or like a very, very small grass field, and you can't shoot within a restricted area, but you're on your knees and you're just firing the ball
0: and trying to get it into the net, basically. Pretty This is, basic like, game. This is like something you play yeah. in a, in, a uh, uh, in like a, in a basement, like a carpeted basement.
2: Yeah, that, that would be an ideal location, okay. or we, we occasionally would play outside, but... Yeah, and it, it's like a very very simple game. It's basically like soccer, but only with it's, it's kind of it's it's very it's handball on your knees, I think would probably be the best mm. way to describe. I it. think that's
0: too underdog for us. <laughs> it's
2: Maybe. literally it's, 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 very, it's very niche. We want
0: sports that actually are played in multiple countries but we just don't know about it. But did you Larry see floorball and did you also sign, find wallball? I did see
1: wallball tonight. So, we're going to see an ad tonight? first with Jonathan May- What's his name? Thanks. Yes. Alright, the rules of Floorball.
0: How is How it is not it? Floor Hockey? More goals than the other team. Floorball, sometimes referred to as Unihockey, salibandy, or innebandy, is a popular right. version
2: of hockey in Europe and Asia. Teams consist of five outfield players and a goalkeeper. The stick resembles an ice hockey stick, and
0: the ball is a perforated ball made of plastic. It's you are like, eligible to use both sides of the stick to pass and shoot the ball. It's like
1: floor hockey with a the whiffle floor ball. is
0: generally a maximum of 14. Yeah, I don't know how it's different than floor hockey. With wide and 115cm high. The game starts with a face-off. Once a team has possession of the ball, they will try and shoot the ball into the goal to move the ball, you can pass the ball to its teammates. It might end up being or run and exciting, with both
1: I don't know. It could be. It looks on the surface exactly like floor hockey. It's just, it's <laughs> yeah. just Australian for floor hockey.
0: Right. Yeah. Light contact. Okay, so no, oh, heavy contact. Heavy
1: contact, not allowed. Let's quickly check out wall ball.
0: Wall ball, yeah. Okay, this Are is- Are you guys
2: wall. worried you're gonna run out of obscure sports at some point? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I am kind of. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's there's a lot, but it has it has to be. Fine. I want to find out about like there's probably a, there's got to be somebody in you know how so many companies start in garages like HP and all this and yeah, Apple like, like there's
1: uh, Steve there's Jobs some, and Wozniak.
0: Yeah, there's some group of guys who are trying to invent their own sport right now, and they're just in a garage, and their wives are like, "Why this is an insane?" I guess I'm just d- describing baseball, kind of. Anyway, right, you
2: think the rugby and ball guy was thinking about marketing it at some point.
0: So oh, funny. I I
2: that happens.
0: Oh, this is like handball. New York City handball, I guess. Oh,
1: I see. I see. Handball against the wall. Got it. Got it. Yeah. All right. But that's still good. But that's so we'll cool. I mean, something. that is, I mean, non-team handball is something we could do at some point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah cool. So those are, those are sports.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Gavin, it's great that you, yeah, it's it's great that you, this was like a clip show of underdog sports that Gavin was able to take part in. Yeah. yeah. I'm
2: I'm newly incentivized to broadcast weird sports. I do. I do think there's this, I I think the funnier and weirder the sport, generally the more fun it is to call. Obviously you're not getting the same level of, of athlete necessarily, but I, again, I think, I think you got to appreciate the quirks as a broadcaster.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think you
1: can't, at the end of the day, you could put on the Jim Nance voice, but you can't fake the surprise. And with a weird game, like corf ball, you're just going to be surprised the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you don't know the rules. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Gavin, you, you mentioned what, like one of your areas of expertise is college football, right? yeah are you a big college football fan
2: i am i'm a massive my dad uh, despite growing up in new york went to the university of oklahoma which is one of, one of the preeminent mm-hmm. college football wow programs.
0: we uh, got to get your dad on this show to <laughs> talk about the <that laughs> culture shock yeah yeah, yeah. He,
2: he would love to do it i'm sure new york to oklahoma up. wow yeah uh, yeah yeah quite a quite a trip for a, a jew from long island but yeah he, yeah he did it in the 1970s and enjoyed it so yeah but anyways yeah so life, lifelong oklahoma football fan
0: ah. did he did he buy a cowboy hat during his four years at school or five i don't want to I don't i'm gonna ask this.
2: him the second we hang up sean yeah I'm yeah we go with yes for the sake of the podcast
0: i bet he probably. did he's
1: definitely at least put one on put on a buddy's hat at some point oh probably yeah yeah i'm sure
2: he never actually seen him in person before so he probably just had to do it
1: uh you, you actually cut out for that last part where was that
2: Oh, sorry, sorry. I said I'm said I'm sure he'd never seen one before uh, going to college there. So
1: yeah, what is this scooped thing? Yeah, uh, <laughs> did put ice cream
2: in it. I don't know.
1: <laughs> uh, so I, I have a legit college football question. Um, oh sure. So yeah. uh, Trey Lance taken third from North Dakota State. Hmm. Um, I guess five years ago it was Carson Wentz who was taken from North Dakota State also in the top three of the draft. So they're not a big school. Um, what are they are they doing something special to like either find these quarterbacks or develop these quarterbacks?
2: Well, they are the best program in I think it's I think it's the FCS level. I don't think they're division two, though I could be wrong about that. And I think there are certain players who recognize that there is an opportunity at schools like that to get national recognition and to be developed, clearly. I mean there's there's high level coaching there in an ideal way. Um, and versus going to a power five program and a lower level one, where if you go to like a Kansas, you're just getting destroyed game in and game out physically. A lot of times, if you're a really good player, because you just don't have sufficient blocking and defensively, you don't have sufficient protection. Um, and you're going up against bigger and stronger players and going to a smaller school, especially if you're, uh, this was not the case with Trey Lance or I assume Carson Wentz, but with some guys, if you're physically underdeveloped, it gives you a chance to develop on that level without just getting destroyed in the meantime and, um, and, and still get uh, national TV recognition and be a part of a, a winning program. So I think there is a certain appeal. Obviously they're scouting though. is just is, is exceptional because I, I'm not, I don't think Carson Wentz was particularly highly recruited. I know Trey Lance was either a two or a three star coming out of high school and not someone who had a lot of high level attention. So I think, I think that's usually how it goes.
1: So they're definitely finding something, but yeah, as you said, that's interesting. Um, because there are a lot of Power Five schools that are still not really known for their football program, like Kansas. So yeah. you're going to have to play Big 12 teams versus North Dakota State, where you get to play. I don't know, what conference are they in? The, the, the whatever. They play. That's that, that beyond my expertise. The big, <laughs> maybe the big sky. Sure. I'll sure. That the sounds big good. Sky. Yeah. Um, first of all, Sean, do you have any college football questions?
0: <clears throat> um, what is a impressive GPA to be carrying as a, as a student athlete?
2: Well, I, well it's, that's, it's an interesting question because they're <laughs> artificially inflated by the fact that those, I mean, they generally, not, not universally, there are some exceptionally smart and like academically driven college football players, but will generally take really easy classes. We'll have tutors who do most of the work for a lot of these guys. So I think you're you're grading on a scale, but I would say, oh, is the question average or what, what's an impressive one? I think anything over three would probably be pretty impressive.
0: Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. that's fair. That's
2: Which crazy. is incidentally where I was at as a non-college athlete, so I, yeah, I <laughs> over that mark.
1: Yeah, but you didn't have tutors taking your tests for you, or right? no, that's right?
2: No, yeah. no, no, I guess not. You so earned maybe, that maybe three. Say, I, I I earned my three point three. That's right. <laughs> Let it be known.
1: <laughs> Let it be known. Um. And actually, I someone was once telling me someone who went to University of Texas when Kevin Durant was there, sure. And like they already knew Kevin Durant was going to be a star, mm. um, but he felt very uncomfortable um, just in front of the camera talking, doing interviews. So he took an acting class, and she was just telling me that like her her friend was the one teaching that acting class. So yeah. I'm three steps away from Kevin Durant wow pretty good pretty Pretty good
2: i would love to have kevin Durant on this podcast at some point yeah
1: (laughs) i feel like he'd be a big corkball guy i bet he would i I bet he'd talk a lot of shit too
0: i bet he's a pretty good actor as well yeah i mean he was in thunderstruck
2: if you guys want to talk obscure sports movies
0: thunderstruck what's that about
2: I think I don't remember exactly, but I think it's a like Mike ripoff, where someone gets Durant's basketball ability. Or sorry, Space Jam ripoff, I guess. For, or, no, uh, that, was, that was
1: that was like a lot of basketball
2: yeah. movies about people stealing professional athletes' abilities. But, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was similar, if I'm remembering correctly.
0: And he was know, in it. He was
2: he was the star of it. If i
0: he had to have been good enough to pass the audition. <laughs> Right? Yeah. He was, he was going <laughs> I think out. it
2: was like, I think, I think him and Russell Westbrook, I guess are the only candidates to be in a movie called Thunderstruck. So maybe it was just survival of the Ferris Oh, thing, I see. It was yeah.
1: when they were on the thunder. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Got, it. Got
1: it. Uh, mm. with, uh, with basketball, um, obviously you're a Knicks fan as am I, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I wear my hat. Uh, like right. Sean is a NASA, NASA fan. Oh yeah, love yeah. space.
2: They're a great team this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No one, no one's died on any missions. It's undefeated season. Oh, thank yeah, God. Yeah. Uh,
1: so yeah, the, I guess the most interesting thing with the Knicks this off season is going to be if they extend Randall, which he'd be obviously be leaving a lot of money on the table. Um. So first, like, what is? Do you have any sort of sense as to whether or not they're gonna? reach an agreement for an extension?
2: I'm so torn on it. I, a week ago I would have said, yeah. And the Brian Windhorse thing seemed to be somewhat optimistic on that front. And I think, I mean, the incentives are pretty clear on both sides for the Knicks. If he can maintain the current trajectory that he's on, you're just getting a massive, massive steal, because he's just worth more money than what his current max is. If he takes it in the form of an extension this year. Um, But for Randall, you're you're guarding against an injury or guarding against any kind of regression, which is feasible because he's never shot close to this. Well, it's the second biggest jump in three point percentage in any single season in NBA history. And you can you can sort of caution against that. And he's also um, not even from a leverage standpoint, but just if you take him at his word, he's made it really clear that he wants to be in New York. It wouldn't be as special doing this anywhere other than New York. And the next can kind of put it on the table and say, "Hey, we're gonna we willing to give you the maximum amount of money that you're worth right now. Um, are you willing to back up what you said? And if if Randall's really smart, he'd probably say, like, screw that. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until mm-hmm. next year, and I'm probably gonna get more money if I put together another season like this one. So." I think if if you put a gun to my head, I would I'd say yeah. I think I think he'll do it. I don't think it's the smartest thing, and I think if he has a big playoffs, I just I think his agent will tell him like I'm sorry, we gotta we yeah. gotta sit on this for a year because you you're worth more than that.
1: It's w- what I what I could see him doing is maybe taking like a two year extension or something yeah. along those lines because that gets into the ten years of service or whatever that limit is where you get mm-hmm. where you can sign for more. The amazing thing for yeah. me is just the journey I think all of us Knicks fans have gone through with Julius Randall like just that I would be ecstatic if he signed an extension this offseason whereas a year ago I was hoping they would trade him to the Hornets for for Batum and some parts you know and it's just I don't know it, it took me a while to get on board with Leonard Randall I don't know how how has it been for you
2: no, it was, it was very similar. I don't know. I don't know if you're listening this summer, but I was. I I, I just I didn't get it with him even even a year ago when they initially signed him. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see it. And I said, it's a guy who's all offense, no defense, kind of a passer, but does so only in very specific situations, like sort of the thing that Trey Young was always known for. That isn't totally true. Where like he'll only pass to get the assist. Um, someone who takes a lot of threes, and I remember, like we, me and Alex were debating, and Alex was like, "Hey, he was used was 34% his last season in New Orleans. Maybe he's just gonna keep getting better." And I was like, "Man, he's he played four seasons before this and never shot better than 30%. The track record of guys with with those numbers improving is extremely rare." I'm like, "All right, if he's not gonna space the floor for you, if he's not gonna be great for you defensively, if he's not gonna fill in gaps as like a role player." Like you, you kind of just have an empty calorie stat stuffer. And I was absolutely right. His first year on the Knicks, that's, mm-hmm. that's what he was. He was super turnover prone. We obviously had the joke, like people were calling him Beyblade because he was always like spinning into traffic wildly and throwing it away and turning it over. And this summer I, I was in the exact same place you were Larry. It was like, they just need to get off of him. And there's, I mean, he's, he was, it was, it's so weird when, there was all this Obi top and vitriol earlier in the season but in the offseason we were like look Obi's obi has got to start right you got to yeah. bring julius off the bench obi is 22 they took him at eight presumably because they expect him to walk in and average close to 20 points per game from day one you got to make randall and I, I was arguing like look the best way you can use randall surrounded by shooters make his life as easy as possible bring him off the bench and, and that's going to be where he's best and i was like a lot of people like dead-ass wrong like he's he's been incredible this year he's turned himself into a legitimate star and I don't I don't think my logic was off I don't think your logic was off Larry we there was no way to predict this this is a relatively unprecedented jump for a player as tenured as he is in recent NBA history
1: yeah and 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 it's gotten to the point where I actually think it's real and not just like some aberration of like a really great contract year or something
0: along those yeah. lines Um, Well, I'm going to make a wild prediction. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Yeah. And it's that a New York City sports team will win something this year. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Hey, maybe it'll be the Knicks and wouldn't that be great? But I think we're going to get one.
1: That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, would you count the Brooklyn Nets?
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: So that's probably the best bet. For a New yeah. York City team to win over the next year, I guess the Yankees could, the Mets could.
2: It's definitely the I would say the Nets for sure. Yeah.
1: Not
0: the not the Rangers. Nah. No. I mean, I guess, well,
2: you're so
1: you're saying ne- if you count next
2: year for I guess their season just ended. But if you count next season for the oh Rangers, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, I think Rangers
2: Rangers have a lot of young talent. But yeah, yeah, but I would say I would go Nets, Yankees, and then probably the Rangers. If the Giants had a quarterback, I I like I like everything else on the Giants roster, but they
0: do not. have yeah. All right, it's possible. Yeah, yeah that's possible. possible. Yeah. I, I
2: still, I think that I think if the Nets stay healthy, they're they're going away. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's well, They just have way more talent than any other team.
0: Well, hey, Larry, I I'm sorry I dropped the ball on underdog sports. No this worries. Week. I just wanted to say that. But I'm going to put myself in the pen, penalty box until next episode. <laughs> nice.
1: There's and, see. There's a good off the cuff metaphor. In, yeah. Something. Oh
0: yeah uh it was great seeing you guys all right i'll talk to you guys i'm gonna
1: do you want to do you want to plug anything before you go
0: yeah i guess uh stoner morning show is usually funny on saturdays it's just stoners doing a talk show and um
2: legally now in new
0: york legally Mm -hmm. in new york yeah it wasn't a legal show up until a month ago
2: (laughs) i've never hosted an illegal podcast for a show before so yeah yeah, i know
0: (laughs) (laughs) pirate podcasting
2: yeah. you just never know when the feds are going to knock down your door and say our oh, show's over man
1: that's right
0: <laughs> this yeah. is a
2: leak <laughs>
1: or, <laughs> well, live or they so. want to come
0: on and plug their album or whatever they're you <laughs> working on you know <laughs> uh right.
1: yep yeah. all right see you later sean, you, sean. bye man um, gavin i guess anything you want to plug before you go it's oh, wow. just about uh, to end anyway
2: yeah, sure. Thanks, Larry. Uh, you can. I. I never. I'm always asking people to plug stuff. I never get to plug anything. Oh, it's wow. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm wowed and bowled over by the opportunity. Uh, you can, if you're interested, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Gavin Shaw. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Locked On Knicks anywhere you find podcasts, and of course on Twitter at Locked On Knicks. Um, you you probably haven't listened to an episode if you're not already doing it. But if you want to go on iTunes and give us a five star review, that's uh, super helpful larry as you know because you were on the last one we do a locker room every week at 5 30 on thursdays which is a new app if you haven't heard of it you can get it on iphone i think they're going to be on android soon and we jump on 5 30 every thursday and talk about the knicks for an hour so that's a lot of fun uh i hope you, you got a satisfactory answer on your jersey question last mm-hmm. time that was good um and final thing when you're talking about broadcasting if you want to hear me broadcast games right now it's mostly for the uh, nfhs network uh, traveling around the state of new york doing a uh, big high school games every once in a while probably more so next fall
1: what was it nfhs nfhs
2: nfhs network and i also do some games for varsity sports and i think when everything clears up uh some college basketball stuff for flow sports as well so oh cool so a lot of weird places on the internet
1: i've You're heard of fun. flow sports yeah, yeah oh I, I I think Thank they you. were
2: they, they have a lot of obscure sports
1: action, yeah. actually yeah maybe yeah that i get, i need to get a subscription to flow then uh, I course, um i of course um at larry the athlete wherever you uh get your social media and you can subscribe to larry Know sports wherever you get your podcasts may all your dreams be hoop dreams and may the rest of your days be days of thunder.